Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Judges, chapter 15 and 16. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. And afterward, it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, entice him and find out where his great strength lies and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Now, we got to stop right there. This is Samson's final act in this drama. He's been judging Israel for 20 years. He still finds himself where he shouldn't be in Gaza. Now, going to Gaza was a stupid move because the Philistines hated him and there was a contract out on his life. And so here he is in the capital city, a place he shouldn't be with someone he shouldn't be with. And this area of Gaza, you got to know this, is kind of like a beach town. It's kind of like a beach community. And, And like many beach towns, there's parties and paganism and hedonism. And so this is a necessary temptation for Samson. He can't handle it. Remember I told you that he was a he man with a she weakness? And surprise, he goes to Gaza and he saw a harlot. Can you imagine? In a beach community. Now let me just tell you something. If you're having problems in a certain area of your life... Don't place yourself in the place of temptation. If you got a problem in an area, don't, you know, if you got a problem with alcohol, you don't want to go to places that serve alcohol. You know, I've had people tell me, you know, well, hey, man, what are you doing in like, you know, sitting at the bar? Well, you know, I'm, I'm just having water, man. It's like, what? <laughs> Didn't you? We talked about, you know, your problem. Yeah, but, you know, I'm just drinking water. You know, I just like to sit there. That's stupid. You know, if you've got a problem with drugs, don't hang out at the crack house. <laughs> Goodness gracious. It doesn't make sense. And this is what Samson is doing. You see, sin has a destructive na- nature, but it also has a deceptive nature. We'll talk about that. Well, the Gazites, they heard that Samson was in Gaza, and they plotted to catch him, and they waited for him all night in the gate of the city, and Samson knew it. And at midnight, he got up, he ripped the gates and the posts out of the ground and carried them to the top of the hill. Now, when you think of gates, don't think of like little picket fences because they weren't picket fences. These gates, many scholars believe, weighed two tons. And he carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. And also many scholars say, and they're kind of divided as to whether the hill was 40 miles or four miles. They're not sure. But either way, this is pretty incredible. This guy was a strong guy. Now, remember, he was strong because the spirit of the Lord came upon him. 
But this man was a strong guy. You know, I go to the gym from time to time, and, you know, I, I see these guys picking up these incredible weights, I got to tell you. And, and I just want to ask them, like, is that noise that you make really, like, necessary? Have you ever noticed that? Am I the only one? I want to say something, but I don't want them to throw the weight at me, so I don't say anything. But, they, you know, they make that noise when they're doing the weight. They, it's like, is that necessary? Why do they do that? It's just to draw attention. Okay, so we know that you're incredibly built and have biceps that people pray about, but so what? You know, it's like all this attention. They, they just want, I don't know if it's necessary, but, and, and whatever you squat. I mean, some guys, you know, I squat, you know, 300 pounds. I squat four, whatever. You know, I squat 80, but still. <laughs> you know, whatever you squat, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I do my best. And, uh. Well, I'll tell you what, man, this guy, think about it. He's carrying his gait, and he's, like, walking, like, four miles and maybe even 40 miles uphill. It's pretty incredible. He's pretty strong. But notice in verse 4 and 5, would you look at it again? He meets this woman in Zorik. Look at it again. Now, now Zorik is actually a border town. Remember I told you he liked the ladies? Well, this tells us that he liked the ladies from Gaza to Zorik means he liked the ladies from border to border. I mean, he was really liking the ladies. All over. And so he meets Delilah. You know what her name means? Write this down. To weaken and impoverish. That's what her name means. So Samson meets this woman, Delilah, and, you know, he, he raps to her. You know, where I'm from, we used to rap to him. You know, he rapped to me. Well, hey, baby, you know. Hey, foxy mama, Delilah, you know. You know. He go. What's your sign? What's your sign? <laughs> this is, uh, y'all writing this down because this is good, all right? <laughs> What's your sign, baby? What's your name? You know, and she says, um, my name is Too Weakened and Impoverished. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hello, Samson, get by a clue. She's going to weaken and impoverish you. It's like unbelievable. So Delilah, she was deeply in love, but she wasn't in love with Samson. She was in love with money. The Philistines said, entice him. Find out how we can prevail against him, and we'll give you 1,100 pieces of silver each. You see, she's not in love with Samson. She's in love with what she can get, not what she can give. And she continually tempts him to sin and not encouraging him to live godly. Now, I point that out to you because here's like a no-brainer. If you're planning to get married or you're, you're in a relationship and the person, listen, this is for, I don't care if you're 8 or 80. If you're in a relationship with someone and they are not encouraging you in the spirit, they're not encouraging you on to godly things then you have no business being in that relationship. If that guy or that girl is causing you and wanting you to do things that are ungodly, look, that's not of the Lord. God doesn't want you in that relationship. That's how you know whether this is of God. People, Pastor Rodney, Pastor Charles, Pastor David, Pastor Stephen, how do I know whether I'm in a godly relationship or not? Well, tell me about the person. Well, they keep trying to get me to have sex with them. Well, hello, buy a clue. You know, and you make an appointment for this kind of stuff. I don't get it. I mean, this is kind of, 
This is, this is like a total no-brainer here. If the person is trying to draw you to the place where you are going away from the Lord and not running to the Lord, then you know that's an ungodly relationship. And this is what's happening here. This is what's happening here. Samson, this woman is going to draw you away from God. And yet he continues to move into this ungodly and unholy. And get this. And Samson is so intoxicated with temptation, he doesn't even see it. Look at verse 6. Look at verse 6. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you. And Samson said to her, If they buy me with seven fresh bow strings, not yet dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. And so the lords of the Philistines, they bought her, bought up to her seven fresh bow strings, not yet dried, and she bound him with them. Now, men were lying in wait, staying with her in the room. And she said to him, the Philistines are upon you. But he broke the bow strings as A strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire, so the secret of his strength was not known. Then Delilah said to Samson, look, you have mocked me and you've told lies to me. Now, please tell me what you have, what may be, how you may be bound. And he said to her, if you bind me securely with new ropes that I that have never been used, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Therefore, Delilah took new ropes and bound him with them and said to him, the Philistines are upon us, Samson. And the men were lying in wait, staying in the room, but he broke them off his arms like a thread. Pop, 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 pop. No problem. Delilah said to Samson in verse 13, until now you have mocked me and you've told me lies. Tell me what you what may 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 bound you, what we may bound you with. And he said to her, if you weave the seven locks of my head into the web of a loom. So she wore it tightly with with. So she she wove it tightly with the batten of the loom and said to him, the Philistines are upon us, Samson. But he woke from his sleep, pulled out the batten and the web from the loom. Interesting here. This is interesting. The one thing I, I got to give it to Delilah. She is straight to the point. I mean, she really is. She just tells him point blank. Look, Sammy, we, we we're trying to know What is the secret of your strength so that we can afflict you? She told him. You see, in three different times, she told him. The last time, she got new ropes, bound him, but he broke through those. And he said, if you weave seven locks of my hair in a loom, then I'll be weak. She bound his hair, and and he just stood up. He carried the whole loom off, and it was still attached to his hair. Now, now that's funny, but but this isn't. Remember, Samson is a Nazarite. Remember, he's taken a Nazarite vow. Remember, the Nazarite vow is he was to stay away from the dead. Well, remember the the honey in the carcass. Remember the Philistines he killed. So he was to stay away from the dead, and um, and and he didn't do that, and nothing happened. Another part of the Nazarite vow was that he was to avoid strong drink. Remember the party with the Philistines? He broke that vow and nothing happened. And, and, and Samson is probably thinking, I'm an exception to the rule. 
Even if I cut my hair, the odds are in my favor. Nothing will happen. And this is what people do. They dabble in this or they dabble in that and nothing happens. And then they say, God must not care. They say that that God has maybe changed his mind. Or some people even think that the rules and the, the laws that God lays down for all men, for them, it is different. I'm the exception to the rule. I've had people tell me God must not be upset with my sin because he hadn't done anything. I had people tell me this. Because God doesn't exercise judgment speedily. Men set their hearts to sin, Ecclesiastes says. So I must be different. Samson could have been thinking that. Listen, the Bible says this in Galatians 6, 7. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, that you will reap. I don't think Samson was an idiot. I think that Samson is making a calculated move here. And when a person is backsliding, this is the kind of thinking that they have. So maybe you're here and you're involved in something you shouldn't be. Maybe it's a relationship with someone At work right now. Maybe it's a relationship. Listen. Maybe it's a relationship with a boy or a girl. Maybe it's something on the internet. Isn't it interesting to you that they call it the World Wide Web? Doesn't that strike you as a little odd? They call it the net. Why? Thank you. Because it can be a trap. Maybe you're involved in something like that. Listen, you know, maybe you're feeling tonight that you're kind of caught up right now and nobody knows and you haven't got caught. Can I, can I just encourage you tonight? Repent. Stop. Stop. Because the Bible says your sin will find you out. You must stop. God's word doesn't change for you. You're lovely, but you're not that lovely. God hasn't changed his laws for you. And so if you're doing something that you need to repent of, you should do that and just say, God, I'm done with this. God, I'm going to lay this down. God, I'm through with this. I repent of this and don't do it anymore because you can get to the place where your heart is so hard. That you can't even hear from God anymore. Look at verse 15. Look at verse 15. Then she said to him in verse 15, how can you say you love me when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass in verse 16 when she was pestered him daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. And now in the Hebrew this, this actually reads, she nagged him until he thought he was going to die. That's all I'm going to say about that verse. None of the ladies are laughing. The fellows are like, ha, ha, ha. The ladies are like, that ain't funny. Verse 17, and then he told her all of his hearts. He, you know, Samson was kind of a secret agent Nazarite, you know. He told her all his heart and said to her, no razor ever came upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaken, see, he should have told her that in the beginning. Maybe she would have been away from him, but he didn't. Look, are you a secret agent Christian? You telling people? I I tell people as soon as you meet me, I'm a Christian. I want you to know that. They're like, why do you, why do you like tell me that like right here at the cashier line at Food food Lion? I'm like, "I, I don't know. I just feel led. 
to tell you now. And, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe something's going to happen. Maybe you should know I'm a Christian. But don't, you know, he was a secret agent Christian because he didn't tell him. He said, for if I am shaven, in a verse, uh, what verse are we in? Verse 17, if I am shaven, then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all of his heart, he sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, come up once more, for he has told me all of his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off. Then the cartoons show us that she shaved his head. No, she called for a barber and a barber came in and shaved off the seven locks of his head. And then she began to torment him. I don't know what that means. And his strength left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he woke up from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. Underline this, the saddest verse in the Bible, but he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. You see that? And then the Philistines, what did they do? They took him, they put out his eyes, they brought him down to Gaza, and they bound him with bronze fetters, and he became a grinder in the prison. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Notice that. Interesting. You might think, Samson, what are you thinking? He's deceived. He's made one bad decision after another, and now he's gone too far. The final symbol of his sanctification to God was gone. Now, don't misunderstand. It is the strength of his hair, because, you know, people say that Samson's strength was in his hair. Hair. The Sam Samson's strength was not in his hair. His strength was in his commitment and his consecration to the Lord. And when he had his hair cut, that was the final straw that broke the camel's back, if you will. He had already broken all the other areas of the Nazarite vow. And now here's the final one. He got his hair cut. And that is what caused God to remove his presence and his power. But it is interesting that that is even speaking of the grace of God because God waited until every vow was broken before he took his strength. And God could have taken his strength the first time he broke his vow. And then notice in verse 21, notice four things happened. Mutilation, number one, taking notes, mutilation, they gouged out his eyes. See what sin does? Mutilation, they gouged out his eyes. Deportation, they took him to Gaza. Incarceration, in verse 21, they bound him with bronze shackles and humiliation because they set him to grinding, which was a work of slaves and animals. You see the effects of sin? Sin will blind you, sin will bind you, and sin will grind you. You see that? Someone once said, sin will always take you further than you want to go and stay longer than you want to stay, and you'll pay more than you want to pay. And this is true in the life of Samson. But yet we can see the grace of God in verse 22. Just as Samson's hair began to grow back, his heart began to go back to the Lord. Now in verses 23 through 31, you want to read that in your own time. I'll simply tell you the Philistines continued to mock Samson. They had him come to entertain them. It was at this time that Samson prayed from his heart and he said, Lord, strengthen me. He took hold of two pillars that supported the temple and he said, let me die with the Philistines. 
I want to die with them. And with all his, his eyes are poked out and he's in this place and he says, you know, he says, with all my might, he says, God help me. And he pushed the temple, the pillars, and they fell and everyone died. 3,000 people. Samson killed more in his death than he killed in his life. And his family came and buried him between Zorah and Eshtaol, which is interesting because this is the place where the spirit of the Lord came upon him. Isn't that interesting? Now, let me wrap this up quickly by concluding five action steps, if you will, that will help you help me to get off the road to ruin and head down the road to recovery. How can we as Christians and believers begin to get back to God? If you're away from God and you've fallen into sin, how can you get back? Number one, I think this is important. All of them start with A, by the way. Acknowledge, this is important, acknowledge that you're weak. That, that's important. You see, what's your spiritual soft spot? What area in your life has the most potential to ruin you? Whether it's lust or coveting or revenge or unforgiveness, whatever it is, you need to simply acknowledge it to the Lord. Number two, admit you need help. That's so very important. Psalm 34, 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all of their trouble. You know why the reason, the reason for um, Alcoholics Anonymous, why they're so successful and why they have such a um, success rate and effective is because the entire principle of Alcoholics Anonymous is built on admitting that you have a problem. That, that's key. Even the world knows that. Number three, avoid temptation. Don't put yourself in situations where you know you're vulnerable. Again, if you have a problem with drinking, don't go to bars. If you got a problem with wandering eyes, don't go to the beach. Get an uh, internet, internet filter. Yeah, don't go to the beach. Cause... <laughs> or go to the beach, but like put like duct tape across your eyes. I don't know. What you do what you got to do is what I'm saying. Avoid temptation. Number four. Ask for help. Ask for help. It is not enough just to acknowledge your problem and admit you need help and avoid temptation. You also need to ask for help. Ask the Lord and ask others. Ask someone to hold you accountable. Interesting, when you look at Samson's life, and I'm rushing because i got to close, but when you look at Samson's life, isn't it interesting? Nobody ever hangs out with him. He's got no friends. And nobody's holding him accountable. Samson, what, what are we going to Gaza for, man? Gaza, we ain't got no business in Gaza. Let's go somewhere else. You see, if he had somebody with him, maybe that wouldn't happen. It's interesting. You see, he's nobody to hold him accountable. Nobody. Nobody. Ever. Isn't that interesting? And then number five, and I, this is huge. Assimilate God's truth in your life. In other words, you got to hang out with other Christians and read your Bible. You gotta change your friend. I'm telling you, if you're a Christian, you're a new Christian, you gotta change your friends, because if you don't, bad company corrupts good morals. It is the truth. Don't go to happy hour with people at work, because happy hour ain't happy anyway. Nobody's happy at happy hour. Have you noticed? They're all sad. Everybody. They're eating chicken wings and they're sad. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Who's happy at happy hour? No one. Everybody's sad. But you got to change your friends. You can't be hanging out with the same people. 
You got to change your friends and, and, and read your Bible. So important to stay connected with, with, the, with God and with other people. And, and then let me tell you the good news. Here's the good news. Can, if you can still see me, that's good. Even if you can't see me, then listen. Here's the good news, though. You, you can't go too far that God can't reach you. You know, it was Corey Ten Boom. After surviving, many of you know she was in a Nazi war camp for many, many years. Her and her sister, her family died there. She was um, hiding Jewish people during the uh, the Holocaust. And uh, after surviving the, the Nazi prison camps, um, she was asked, um, how could she keep going when things were so tough? Corey Ten Boom, great story, she bought a book. And, and, and she said this, I love her answer. She said, there is no pit so deep that the love of God is not deeper still. I love that. In other words, no matter how far you run away from God, you can never go so far that God can't find you. So maybe you feel really separated from God. Maybe you feel like I'm really, really far from God, Rodney. You really just don't understand. Well, I don't understand, but God understands. And when you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit telling you to stop doing something, You should stop because you don't want to go so far where you stop hearing God's voice. People come to me, Rodney, well, how am I really too far? And, and, you know, maybe I'm so bad. I'm just, you know, too far. I've gone too far. And and I would tell them, no, you haven't gone too far. How do you know? Because you still feel conviction about it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be telling me. That's how come I know you haven't gone too far because you still care. And while you still care about that sin, then lay it down now before you get too hard and you quench the spirit of God in your life. And then you're too far. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.